Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, they all together. Are you with me now? Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And uh, we're here to talk about uh, a little movie called The Flash. Yes. <laughs> um, which I feel like we're going to be very surprised. Like, I think that people are going to be very surprised by my reaction. Though some of the stuff will not be surprising um, if they listened. But... Um, We've got news, um, something that just dropped, like, like we didn't even talk about it, but I did want to bring it up because the director of The Flash um, just oh, landed. yeah, the- that's right. Yeah, and yeah, he's, he's going to be directing The Brave and the Bold uh, under the new so, DC. Turn of events, so we're going to get another, we're going to get, an, then again, another Batman. Um and okay so like this is kind of a big deal for andy machete because i mean think about think like i want to throw this out there to you guys is that he like and this is just a little preview i mean he's gone three for three with major titles like it one and two like it it two i feel is a little bit lesser than it one but i mean like you know that's like he, neither here nor here. That that's 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 drawing straws, right? Like the thing, the the best part about it too is that they got the casting right. Like they literally yeah. got the casting right, and that's the best thing that you could possibly do is with the perfectly cast first part of it. The second part becomes all about the whole thing of like casting the adults, right? The but, the adult part of that story has always been the least interesting part of that story. <laughs> absolutely. Like, it it is just not compelling. It wasn't compelling in the book. It wasn't compelling in the original miniseries. The most compelling it's ever been is in Andy Machete's adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it really is. Like um, like the things that he does and like the choices that they make. Which so in all like you know like like and then in, with some transparency because I don't think that people remember. The the structure and the script was written by Kerry uh, uh, Fukunaga, who was originally set to direct, and they argued over it, and it became this whole thing about um, the plus or minus of like a fifty million dollar addition to the budget, which he did, just didn't think he could he could produce it. Which, like you know, Fukunaga's loss, which he went off to make a Bond film, so like I mean you know fucking farewells to him. But I mean, was Andy Muschietti in our game? Because I feel like. Like, Fukunaga's movie wouldn't have been, I don't know, as... I know this sounds really weird, but fun? I feel like the through line between all three of them is that even though it has its harrowing moments, it's it's a... Like, both of them are fun movies, right? Like, they get the fun of it. Um, yeah. And, like, The Flash, regardless of what you think of they, them, um, it's fun. It's like it's a lot of fun. It, it like it forgives a lot the fun and the adventure of it, 
forgive a lot of some of the gobbledygook that I, I had a problem with in the movie, uh, which if people know, like I'm okay with gobbledygook, but anyways, uh, go, going back, like, like going back to, uh, Brave and the Bold, it's an interesting choice because it's a fun, like, I feel like Batman has Are not we been, like going to get a fun Batman. I, that's what my, that's what my thought is. I feel like Gunn, I feel like Gunn, like, like, you hire Gunn because he has that, that bright in him, right? Like, he has that, that balance, right? Like, and I feel like that's what he wants to bring to, it feels like that's what he wants to bring. Like, that sense of fun that we haven't had. I mean, because, I mean, God damn, dude. Like, I was, I was watching, I was watching the Justice League, the four-hour um, yeah. the four-hour painterly version. That, I mean, I still that, haven't watched it, but yeah. <laughs> like, I, when we get into the Flash, I have some thoughts on, like, I, I think this movie really put some perspective on, like, the Zack Snyder DC universe. Yes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but like, so like, the thing is, is like, um. <clears throat> Like this, like it's a weird thing because, like, film-wise, this is like okay. So like, this is a big deal, right? Like, this is a really big deal because they're not calling it Batman; they're calling it Brave and the Bold. And here's the thing: is that this is the first big-screen adaptation of Robin we're getting. Um, and that's gonna be. I feel like that's gonna be the centerpiece, and I feel like that's the reason why he was hired—not <laughs> so much for the Flash, but because. I, I, are you just gonna completely discount, uh, Chris? Uh, what's his name? <laughs> who? Which? As Ro- as Robin and Batman oh and Robin, and Batman Forever. Oh, fuck! I completely forgot about Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> Fucking the three musketeers, the the three musketeers, Chris O'Donnell, uh, the the guy who's on. I, I think he's on a, a, a Yellowstone now. Like to be perfectly honest, I I, I know I he's, he's on, on a Grey's Anatomy or something for a while. Um, oh yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it was. Like he was on that uh, of the the spinoff. Um, one of, like I think the spinoff of Grey's Anatomy he was on. Um, but okay, so like let's be honest. Do we really count? <laughs> do we really count? A 28-year-old being cast was, as Robin? I was about to say, don't you know <laughs> that all Robins are, uh, <laughs> are, are 30, 30 years, years old? <laughs> uh, and don't talk about Nightwing. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, Damien, right? Like, you're going to cast a father and son. And, like, that's where the fun is, right? Is... Is Damien the casting of Damien, and who the hell you're going to get for Damien? Because he's going to be what, thirteen or fourteen? I think. Like, <laughs> we we totally discount this dude. He just wrapped filming of uh, uh-huh. CIS Los Angeles. Um, oh shit, that's right with LL that, Cool J. That show ran for fucking twenty years. They did three hundred and twenty right. episodes. <laughs> Do- Oh my god, I forgot that he was in that with we, Deepest, Darkest, Bluest. My, I'm just my gonna name fist. this episode. I'm so we're sorry, Chris O'Donnell. Because <laughs> we, <laughs> we have just completely discounted your career. You know, in all fairness, like those movies are not his fault. None of that stuff no. is his fault. I I in things that I've seen him in, 
I genuinely enjoy him. Yeah. He probably would have been a fine. If you call him Nightwing and it's not like Bruce adopts a 25 year old (laughs) in Batman Forever, then then it's fine. It's absolutely fine. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I mean, like in in that soap opera uh, 90210 era, like where we cast like 30 year olds as teenagers. um, That's why we have such a warped sense of what fucking teenagers are. Like, 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 you know, teenagers are. (laughs) But anywho, uh, he was 25 when that movie came out. 25 (laughs) playing what is supposed to be. Like at best he's supposed to be seventeen in that movie. Yeah. At best. Like I mean, come on, man. <laughs> anyway, that's all that's all besides the point. Yeah, going back to Brave and the Bold. Um yeah. yes, an actual legit movie version of the Boy Wonder, uh, which has not happened. The closest we've come has been in television. And the closest in live action we've had is Burt Ward, of course, um, the originator of uh, that whole persona, really. I know, like, yeah. the old black and white serial had a Robin, but it's not really comparable. And it's tough to even call those Batman. <laughs> like, they're so <laughs> not Batman. Um, but, uh, you know, we've had the Titans has done a couple of different Robins, but even they're not like, ideally you, you want to start, maybe you don't start with 12 year old Robin, but yeah, that that's, you know, 14, 15, like is where you want that age to be. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what gun and the powers that be at DC and Machete in general do with something like that. Because, like, it took the MCU, like, this long to get into, oh, we have kid versions of superheroes. Yes. And they still haven't fully like jumped head first into that. They they really haven't. And like, to be perfectly honest, I feel like, like Snyder was like, like during this, like Hamada Snyder 10 year, uh, like God, it's probably been like 15 year run. I feel like they've gone. So I want to be dark and hard. Like, I often think about like when, when they're when those two ever talked like not together but just like separately when they talk about the dceu i always want to put the school of rock you can't be hardcore um song with the kids singing it on it because it just sounds so disingenuous it sounds like such the like plain to the worst bit of fandom the the ones that were that have the punisher stickers on their fucking on the back of their big ass trucks um the ones that constantly watch all of the dceu movies in rotation and that's all they watch like that's their personality like and it's just stupid 
Like, and so, like, you know, whenever they brought up kids, no fucking kids. What are you talking about? They can't lift. They can't take creatine. They can't have six packs. Like, that's literally probably what Zack Snyder said. Like, you know, like, you saw his Robin. Like, like I love the fact that, like, you know, all we needed to know about his Robin in his universe is that it was killed by Joker. Like, it was like, yeah. it was <clears throat> it, like it. I'm going to literally say it because we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Um, because there have been many iterations of Robin, so yeah, they... we, we we don't know if it's yeah. We never got that story, and I I mean I get it, but like I I don't know. It like I said, it's gonna be really interesting. A, a fun quote version of that story that that isn't mired in hopefully isn't mired in like the like the grim gritty shit that dc seems to keep doubling down (laughs) yeah no they really do um i would love because he's a part of the because he's part of the uh wb universe like my thing is is that be, not because he's in Euphoria. I haven't seen Euphoria, guys. I'm I'm not a I'm, I'm not pervy like that. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that? Did I say that if you watch <laughs> Euphoria, you're kind of pervy? I fucking think you are, and I fucking think I did. Oh my god! Don't fucking tweet me, fuckers. Um, and you're not fuckers. You guys are all great. Um, but it's uh Javon Walton. He played Stan in Umbrella Academy. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. He's the kid. He's uh Diego's kid who essentially fucking played like proto, um, uh, proto Robin to Diego's um shit. I can't even think of what Diego's uh name was in Umbrella Academy. Like what his his thing was. But like the kid has just got attitude that Damien like. What I loved loved about Damien is that Damien was had the attitude of Jason Todd, but always felt like at heart and core Dick Grayson. Because I yeah, he had like the, everybody... the skill of Dick Grayson with the attitude yes. of Jason Todd. Thing about Jason Todd is like he was a punk <laughs> kid, and like he just obviously could not back up what his mouth was saying. <laughs> so yeah. He got himself killed. <laughs> Absolutely, a hundred and fifty percent. But that kid has that, like, and he's only like, he's only like, like. I think when, like, I think when he was making Umbrella, he was only thirteen. So he's like fifteen. So like, if you're gonna make it now, now's the time to do it. To do it in, yeah. in the way that like a sixteen, seventeen year old could play fifteen, and then and then you just do the jump. Like, I think that that's what you have yeah. to do with a kid is that after the first movie, you do like a five year jump so that he's like he's like in his early 20s playing Robin and disaffected because like in movies, it takes two or three years. Right. To make a movie. So you you can't really logically keep the kid kid so that you can do the storyline if there's another Brave and the Bolt that they're doing where he's like aging out of I mean, like that. Make, that's interesting. Right. Unless like, you do out it. Of the Robin. Yeah, unless you're doing it, like, literally filming them back-to-back-to-back with very little breaks, a la, like, the Potter films, or, you know, stuff like that. I mean, that's tough. Like, no, I don't think a studio is going to sign up for that, especially Warner Brothers, considering, 
like it's all rocky to begin with. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, also, the other big ahead. thing about him. No, no. I was just going to say the other big thing about him is that he's a gymnast and a fucking MMA fighter already. Like yeah. his his like like this kid like literally could be mini John Wick. Like if they if they did a like a prequel, like, you know, like how John Wick grew up. Like this kid would be it because he has the skill set. I mean, I like I said, like I would not be surprised. I will not. I will really not be surprised. But anywho, um, going back to the uh, this whole thing, um, you were going to say I, I totally lost. Uh, I totally like interrupted you in regards to that. Um, I just uh, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, dude. Is it? Is it? Is it going to make any fucking sense to have two Batmans? Like, I understand that this film, Flat, The Flash, was kind of mm-hmm. testing the waters for that. But yeah. at the same time, like, I, do we need to see multiple Batman? Like, I, I just, I don't know. I'm really... I... I do want to see more from the Robert Pattinson universe and yeah. like where all that goes. And it is very dark and grim. And but I don't know. There's so many other things they could do and just wait on having another Batman rather than be like, well, we'll just make, we'll have two Batman universes. I I don't know. Um, it's ho- It's very good. Hopefully it it works out, you know. Yeah, I hope it does. Um, you do bring up a really, really, really good fucking point, which is is like, so okay, so I don't know. Okay, like let me just say this about like Pattinson and Matt Reeves's universe is that like Matt Reeves makes it super fucking engaging. Like he does, like he did for the Batman what he did for Planet of the Apes was like, you know, with his two films, like he didn't make the third, the first one, but he definitely made the second and the third ones. Right. And those movies I count as some of the best summer blockbuster movies because they take the seriousness, but they also understand that we need that pop sensibilities. And, 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 and that's the way that it does in, in, he does in the Batman is that he still gives us the pop, right? He still gives us, but then here's the most important part. He gives us a little bit of hope. Like, like Snyder's like, and this DCEU never gave us any hope. Like it was always like, no, nothing. Six pack abs, working out poses. Fuck you. Like, that's literally how I felt about watching like this most recent, like, like this most recent rewatch. It was just, Oh God. Like, how does how does Aquaman and Flash exist in this universe? And the answer yeah. is, is that they don't. They can't. Like, this is like such a I don't know. Anywho, um, so yeah, like it is a very interesting concept, but one that I feel like, why are you doing this right now? Like, maybe give Batman like a rest in your universe because you don't need him, or maybe maybe you shouldn't have done certain things. I understood why they did certain things in the flash, but I don't. And we'll get to yeah. that. We'll get to that. Once we start talking about the flash, I know we keep on I, teasing it, but, but yeah, I wonder how much of that is a, uh, like a studio edict of like, Hey, uh, you know, what does seem to work for us. 
making just Batman movies. So yeah. maybe we can have Bat franchises running at the same time. Um, True. You know, that, that, may, that may be it. Um, but in, in, in fairness to DC, although one of the franchises is currently animated, um, I mean, you can point to the Spider-Verse and Sony's uh, Sony Spider Verse and Sony Marvel's Spider Man live action franchise. That's two Spider Man franchises with multiple Spider people, and it's fine. But like I said, one of them is animated. Yeah. Honestly, if the announcement were Batman Brave and the Bold, it's going to be animated. It's going to be, you know, a. Pattinson. Or, or somebody else. It's just okay. It'll be an animated bat universe going to theaters. I I would not have the like, why are you doing this kind of question. You know, it, mm-hmm. it would just and and then when that Batman Brave and the Bold universe needs to be part of the because that's what Gunn said, right? We're we're yeah. interested in casting actors who can do. Like we can transition back and forth from animated projects to live action. So, action projects we're just using the same people. Then it wouldn't. It would be Batman in a another movie, not another Batman movie. You know what I mean? Yes. No. 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 I totally. I totally get it. Like that. Like that makes that makes sense. And and it, it goes to his edict. You're right. I completely forgot about that whole thing, especially with, um, especially with uh, the um, uh, was it? It wasn't the Doom Patrol, but it was Creature the, Commandos. Creature Commandos. Like yeah. that was something that was going to be, um, like you know that was going to shift between animated and like you know like that's his dream, right? Uh, so that does make sense. And it allows us to give Batman a break. Like, like, yeah, because it's just, man, they, they like, the thing is, is that they it know. It is the only to, thing that ever works for them, though. <laughs> exactly. No, it absolutely does. And it's Even very, when they do it badly, it makes money. Like, I mean, yeah. for all the shit, we were kind of just giving uh, Joel Schumacher's Batman films uh, very briefly. Both of those films were uh, profitable. Yep. They just were n- were not, especially the last one, was not received very well. Um, no. And that that's why they put the brakes on doing anything past that and kind of rebooted it. It wasn't because they didn't make money. Um, it, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, other WB stuff before we get further into the Flash thing that... Uh, is head scratchingly, I, I I don't know. It's just WTF. Uh, they greenlit Velma season two. Mm-hmm. You checked out after what, like one or two episodes? Um, I think it was the third episode. I was just like, I can't do this, dude. I really yeah. can't do this. Even when you told me it got slightly better, I tried to watch it, and then it became such an yeah. eye roll. And I was like, yeah, I don't need this. Better from dog, <laughs> slightly better from dog shit is not good. It's still not yeah. good. It's just slightly better. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, it's like it's like, okay, so what do you want? Dog shit or regurgitated dog food? Both yeah. are fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least you might not get sick with the regurgitated dog food. I mean, you know you're gonna get sick with the dog shit. Um but I mean like so you know yeah, why? like what like what could you possibly like not only was it like there was immediate fan backlash from yes. from people who accused it of just being woke bullshit which mm-hmm. it I don't want to give those people any credit for anything when those people who were just looking for something like to bash something because it doesn't align with shit that they watched 35 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then the people who, you know, are open to it. And then also critics when that pyramid aligns and it's like, Oh yeah, we all agree that this is fucking bad. (laughs) When the Venn diagram does not become a Venn diagram anymore. And it just circles. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a circle. circle. It's not a fucking Venn diagram. That's bad. Like, it's almost like they got. How, how do you green light a season two? Like, how, okay, so was I, it just <laughs> all? Was it literally like? I no, I don't know. I can't even say. Was it just like just like? Eh, okay, mine as well because this is the same fucking studio that scrapped at least one one hundred million dollar damn near finished film. Movie. And yep. <laughs> multiple other films that were finished and various series that just were tossed aside for a tax write-off. Like, yep. how how does this move forward? I don't understand it. I do not understand it. I don't either. Like, like um... So, okay, so, like, it comes to me that, so, like, I just recently, um, like, I, wa- I listen to, there's one podcast that I listen to. Um, it's, the, it's the Movies That Made Me. Um, it's ran by screenwriter Josh Olson, who comic book fans would know as the, the guy who did the great adaptation of History of Violence, Max Allen Collins' uh, uh, graphic novel, um, and Joe Dante. And Joe Dante actually... Um, had his uh, had the showrunner and one of the lead animating directors um, that took over for Dante on the new Gremlins series. And what I found out when they started talking was, so Gremlins has already got a second season because they already made a second season. So I'm almost wondering if this package was two two seasons. Like they made like they made a deal with the uh, the the animation company for two seasons, and why not just say that they announced that season two is coming back? But again, it's probably numbers. It probably did decent enough numbers to warrant them to let them have the second season on HBO Max. Um, because another a, a series that I really liked called The Minks. I don't know if you heard about. I don't know if you heard about the show. It's a Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson co-stars in it, oh, and it's about yeah. the, the the first female um, um, erotic magazine for females. Yeah. Uh, that's what it's about. And 
that show was great in all the right ways, and HBO canceled it. But magically, um, they got to shop it around, and stars took it on. So I'm almost wondering if this is one of those things where it's just about the numbers, and the numbers work for them. Like, it was so hated, and so many people actually watched it, and the numbers were good for a quote-unquote animated show, that they were just like, fuck it, let's just have it on the second season, and then we can just cancel it, and we can still be in, and here's the most important part, we can still be in the Mindy Kaling business, because the Mindy Kaling business is probably what you want, as she is one of the, she is she was one of the bigger architects of The Office. Like, let's be honest. Like, we know yeah. that she wrote, she and BJ Novak for a time, not just were they only together, but they were writers on that show, and like I know that a lot of people talk about Greg Daniels, but the great, the best part about Greg Daniels is he brought in people like Michael Shore, Mindy Kaling, and BJ Novak to do the heavy lifting yeah. in those middle seasons that everybody loves. Um, and I can guarantee you, any of your favorite episodes, there's a good possibility that Mindy Kaling wrote one of those episodes because she writes those types of like stand-up banner yeah. episodes. Um, and, and they've they've done such a shit job of, and, and uh, you know we blame him for a lot not necessarily Z- Zaslav's fault um, uh, some of it is mm-hmm. and Scoob and all that but it started before him they've done such a shit job of like goodwill towards creatives um, yep. you know, and, and most recently under Zaslav, the switch to Max with the like that uh creators tab or oh, whatever, that, like bumped yeah. everybody into like you know, in the midst of a strike and uh, you know, possible you know, actor strike or maybe director's guild strike. And uh, like, it, this is what you do, it's so fucking stupid. So, yeah, n- like. Because they also recently announced, like, or not announced, but it leaked that, like, they're very much trying to woo Chris Nolan back to Warner Brothers. Yes. Yes. Because, have you heard about all this crazy shit that's happening for early July with, like, I I know Tom Cruise is pissed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, it goes farther than that. Like, okay, so, like. Warner Brothers is being a petty bitch. Sorry for the language, but like, yeah, they are because so they're trying to woo him back, but they have Barbie being released on the same day as Oppenheimer. Yeah. And they're doing like between them and Cruz, they're doing everything to try to sabotage Oppenheimer, which you don't really. Okay. Like, let's be honest here. Do you is have Oppenheim- to sabotage Oppenheimer? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking thank you. I, I'm Fucking not. Thank you. I I enjoy most of Chris Nolan stuff. I I think you're probably a big. Um, I'm. But I'm not I religious. <laughs> right. I you, you I know, didn't watch Tenet. I didn't watch Tenet. Uh-huh. Um, but I've seen I think everything else, and I I I think he's a fine director. Um, I think mm-hmm. you rely too much on like a bag of cinematic tricks yep and spectacle and like so sometimes the story is a little flat um but 
this is Oppenheimer is not Batman. It's not like what fucking universe does anybody think that Oppenheimer is going to do gangbuster dollars? Yes, it's going to get the IMAX dollars. And in fairness to Nolan, like he should get those IMAX screens. No one has done more to keep IMAX in business than Christopher Nolan. <laughs> no, and you are a hundred and fifty percent right. Though I will say this much: if I'm going to see an IMAX movie, and I'm going to see it in IMAX, I'm not like guys. I'm not. I, I'm not discounting him. I'm just saying this is not. Okay, so this is this is not fucking. Um, it's not going to make two hundred million. Yeah, pounds. it's it, <laughs> this is not. not. It, it it's not like like they're selling it as a they're selling it as a um, what you call it. Um, they're selling it as epic spectacle from Christopher Nolan. Like like, but the thing is, is that you know, if you've ever seen Fat Man and Little Boy, like. You'll know that the whole thing with Jay Oppenheimer and all these fucking white dudes that decided to fucking, instead of initially fucking bombing the shit out of fucking the Nazis, they decided to do it to the Japanese. I mean, let's not even get into the complications of that fucking bullshit. Okay, Chris Nolan, I already know you're not taking that bullshit on. Um, But, like, the thing is that it's not a, it's not a, a thrilling tale. It's actually a very sad one, right? Because all of these motherfuckers, because they didn't understand radiation because they were breaking through, um, ended up dying of cancer. And you know what? Kind of probably deserved it because they fucking unlocked something that we can never unlock. And, and I'm sorry I have to say that, but it's a story that when you look at it with modern eyes, you're like, of course, this is where it all started, where all of us assholes decided that we knew best, like people knew best, better than like, you know, things that we should probably be doing. And then a guy regrets it. I mean, that's the biggest thing about Oppenheimer. He spent the rest of his life so sad and so depressed that that he did this, not realizing because of it was all ego. Right. But this is not Dunkirk. Right. This is not spectacle on an epic scale with no like with just respected actors in it and like it ha- it's still a war film this movie is not a war film this is like a drama about like like this is like tucker a man in his dream and shit like this is like like this is like scientists in labs doing things um so like i feel well expected to not make any money like barbie's gonna fucking roll uh, over it because Dun- barbie Dunkirk. is like the fucking shit mm-hmm. do, you, do you know how much dunkirk made yeah, it barely made $190 million, I think. Like, and yeah, like, like, like $170 million. Like, and I don't say that, like, I don't say that glibly, especially when the movie costs $250 million to make, I think. Yeah. yeah it, I, that, that's the thing. And, like, so he's shooting. Only on IMAX, so it's more expensive. Yeah. It's shot on IMAX film, so it costs a shit ton of money. For this movie to break even, it would have to do like six hundred million dollars worldwide. Yeah. How crazy is that? Like, like, and it's <laughs> not gonna fucking do that. Dunkirk made f- over five hundred million dollars worldwide. 
I do not think Oppenheimer can do what even Dunkirk did. But nope. you know that that we're getting down a Christopher Nolan rabbit hole. But yeah, I I I I, I don't think there's any wooing him back for Warner Brothers. I, I think that bridge is firmly burned. Um, and I think he, with all of this, I think he's firmly planting his flag and this is my camp now. And, you know, IMAX, you know, whatever Tom Cruise, like would I rather go see, be able to go see Mission Impossible in IMAX? Yes, you're right. I would, but you didn't fucking film Mission Impossible strictly in IMAX and Nolan gave them like that movie gave them a shit ton of money. So yes, he should get the screens. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. Um, <laughs> the, I, I'm really, really interested to see what Barbie does, man. Like it could fall it's... on its face or it could do gangbusters. Like, I mean, it might be just middling, like kind of like what we initially expected it to be, but mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm seeing so many people positively react to whatever they see around this movie that I'm like, shit, this could be, like, a real breakout. I I think it's going, like, my, my, my thing is, is that it's going, it's going to be, like... Like, you guys can fucking say, like, you guys can make roast me if you want to, but I think it's going to be one of the billion-dollar movies of the summer, like, to be perfectly honest, because, and I, I know this sounds terrible, but it's it's going to be the movie that Little Mermaid was supposed to be, because, like, as we found out, very nastily. <laughs> Little Mermaid does not have, did not have legs. <laughs> Sorry, that's a terrible joke, <laughs> motherfucker. You fucking motherfucker. You know I like those fucking puns, puns. But the other thing is, is that we found out that, like, and this is the nastiest part about this. This is the saddest part to me, and it makes me want to just go buy thirty tickets to to Little Mermaid. And I actually bought a ticket to Little Mermaid yesterday with my mo- own hard earned money, um, because that's what we talked about is like buying a ticket for something else. Right. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but the thing is, is that we found out that when you change the, when like, fuck, I hate saying this. When you change the race of a, uh, of a character from white to a, a POC, the box office hurts elsewhere. Maybe not here, but also you have that fucking narrative. And the thing is that Barbie did, that I fucking mm, is that it has a blonde, blue-eyed white girl as a as the lead, and it, it has other POC. It has POCs in it, but those POCs are in supporting roles. And yeah. I feel like nobody is fucking sitting there going, "What There's no like this is the movie that fucking conservatives want, but it's also bent so ever so slightly so that everybody. It's like it's just it. It's the Venn diagram again, but it's the circle yeah. where it's like instead of it's made for nobody, it's made for everybody. And it has a little bit of things with everybody. And here's the thing is that if dudes know, like, here's the big thing is that you're going to get the couples for this because the dudes will go along with the women because 
they 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 know better than to like stop a woman from saying I, like if they if your girlfriend or your wife or your significant other says I want to go see Barbie opening weekend guess fucking what you were not seeing fucking Oppenheimer you are seeing fucking Barbie because no woman wants to sit around watching a bunch of dudes a bunch of like slightly pudgy middle aged dudes talking about dude things. And that's what fucking Oppenheimer is. Yes, it has Florence Pugh. Yes, it has I mean, Emily Blunt. I mean, but... to be fair, I don't want to see it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, if you gave me the job, like, and here's the God's honest truth. Three it's... hours long. <laughs> yes. Yes. Barbie is probably at best two hours, and it's an hour fifty-four. It's and so there you two. go. Like, they already it, like. And it's bright, it's positive, it will be hilarious. You know it'll be hilarious because Greta Gerwig, if anything Greta Gerwig has proven over the last couple of films is that she makes amazing, entertaining, poppy films. Like, but but throwbacks. Like, throwbacks to things that we used to love as kids. Like, Lady Bird. Lady Bird is li- literally, you could take Lady Bird, put it in, like, Released it in 1994, and I guarantee you, 1994 audiences probably would have made it a hundred to 150 million dollar hit, starring Natalie Portman, like as Lady Bird. Like that's what it would have been, right? Little Little Women. I mean, we already know that the Little Women in the 90s made a bunch of money, and it still made a bunch of money in in, in the early aughts. Um, so her sensibility, I feel like, is perfect for something like this right and everything like we like i can i can tell you that my wife and her friends like this is their fucking star wars man this is their fucking star wars they're like super hyped for this in a way that i've not seen like other than the little mermaid like like they're hyped for this in a way that i'm like even I can get behind it because I'm excited for them to actually have something like this. So yeah. I, I, I think that Barbie is going to surprise everybody and everybody's going to go, whoa, that's some fucking crazy shit. Um, and, and like you said, Arvid Oppenheimer, Chris Nolan is going to blame yeah. Universal again, is going to blame Universal for the release. And it's like, why didn't you change this? Warner Brothers are assholes. And then like, you know, do whatever. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's going to I mean, be funny. I'm, I'll since Oppenheimer does have the IMAX screens, I'll I'll yeah. see it. I don't know if I'll see it opening weekend, but in you know it does have a phenomenal cast. It's just yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be so heavy, man. <laughs> like it it's really just... is like like in the middle of summer. Like okay, like there's a difference between in Inception. the middle of this summer. In the middle yes. of this summer, like I, yeah. I'm not. It's been a long time since we've had like a summer that felt fun. Like it's been yes. years, like five years. <laughs> and literally like this summer has felt like even the stuff that I don't necessarily love, like it, starting, I guess, as early as Super Mario Brothers, which we didn't yeah. fall in love with, but it was fun. It was fine. Like everything has seemed even the stuff that hasn't been great has been at least fun and not like, you know, just gut wrenching. Like if Oppenheimer were coming out in October, <laughs> nah. boy, yeah. but like, 
you're planting this flag in the middle of July, and it's just like, ah, you're harsh and are mellow, dude. Like, I want, I want to see, you know, Tom Cruise drive that motorcycle off a fucking cliff. Like, that's exactly. what I want to see. You know, I want to see Barbie. I want to see, you know, it, it's just, it is such a, like, depressingly difficult thing to to just plant in the middle of summer. And I, I mean, maybe it works for him. Maybe this counter programming thing works for him and owning those IMAX screens winds up working for him. But I don't know, man, like it might come back to bite them in the ass and theater yep. owners might just be like, cause it's not just uh, from my understanding, it's not just IMAX. It's the LIMAX stuff too. anything branded yep. IMAX. He has, what was the window? Six weeks or something? Six, yeah, that was part of the deal that he made with Universal. It's six weeks, so like he's literally playing till the end of summer. Like he starts in, he starts in fucking, he starts July twenty first, and he literally has that exclusive window for like for yeah. most of his screens. And if it does dog shit, like if it doesn't, like I can see it being, like. I could see it. Being, the, theater, there's no way theater owners yeah. go for that. There's no, no way. Like, after if it's not making money, they will drop it. Like that's the thing is that after the second or third week, I think that they have the the right if it's not making the certain numbers to drop it and actually put other things in it. Um, I mean, it's the same problem that happened with Black Adam is that they guarantee theaters because it was The Rock and they could dictate that. Um, it's a problem. It, like it's the problem that Tom Cruise is looking at because you know he was expecting to have premium screens for like the bigger part of the summer because if we really talk like okay so like let's talk real like Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One which is a long ass fucking title like like that was supposed to be the last half summer movie right between that and Barbie like those were gonna be the second half movies. Um, with the occasional like interesting little summer film popping up in August, but like at the end of the summer, Mission Impossible, like you you ex- you almost expected it when you saw the trailer, right? Like you go, "Fuck, Tom Cruise jumping off of a fucking cliff, right?" And then free diving in on a motorcycle, like, and you know that that's not just the only stunts that they have, but then you saw Oppenheimer, and you're like, "Okay, well, I mean." But it just says filled in IMAX, and it's like. But then you find out, like, part of his deal with getting Oppenheimer was the thing of like the commitment by Universal for X amount of dollars, um, final cut, um, ads, like everything. He controls everything. He got the he got the Kubrick he got the Kubrick deal from Universal. I mean, he had the yeah. fucking Kubrick deal. He had the Kubrick deal with like everybody wants to like blame Universal, but. What people don't want to say, and even Universal, uh, like, or I'm sorry, Warner Brothers, and what Uni- Warner Brothers doesn't even want to say, because they know that they want to be back in the Christopher Nolan business, is that it was Nolan's decision to to release theatrically in the midst of COVID in 2020 in September of yeah. 2020. It was his fucking choice to reopen theaters because he thought that he could, like, like Vin Diesel, we're gonna save cinema, family, but. Nobody wants to fucking point the finger at him and go, no, you were fucking wrong. You should have probably waited until summer of 2021. 
and you would have been fine. I mean, but you know, don't blame don't blame him because like you know, it wasn't his fault that he had in final on everything. But anyhow, um, I think it's a bad decision. Like you're right. I think three months, like you do October 2021 or October 21st, uh, 2023, and you probably are you probably are in not only contention for a great box office run, but guess what? Your Oscars are yeah, set, right? Yeah. Yeah, because like, people are talking about it at the end of the year, and then you yeah. have that kind of runway, more or less, uh, up into Thanksgiving uh, mm-hmm. and the holiday movie season. You know that, like, you know, if you look at the list of what's coming, like after July, it's not not much. There's Ninja Turtles, you know. Yep. Which we are excited for, but like that's it. Ninja Turtles doesn't need IMAX to play, you know. No, the um, Demeter, uh, like the last yeah. voyage of the Demeter, that looks awesome. Like, uh, like I again another fucking slow, slow cover of a '90s song. I'm not thrilled with, but that looks like awesome because they threw all the money on the screen, and it's like, oh man, a night, an interesting vampire or an interesting Dracula adaptation, but. Other than that, well, you're right, Ninja Turtles, and then the 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 runway is free and clear, and nobody wants, like you said, like nobody. Even if wants. you put it at the end of August, first of September, yeah. like yeah, it still makes more sense. But he's such a like, not gotta have it in July. It's gotta be July. You know, he yeah. wants his movies to come out in July, and like, yeah, that's great, man. But like, you're not you're not making Batman, you know, and. No. Yeah, it, you're not even making Tenet. Yeah, I mean, like, like that's the thing is that you're not making ten, you're not making any of your blockbusters. You're making a drama, and you're trying to change it into a blockbuster. When okay, fine, I understand that, I appreciate that, uh, but you know, go in September or go in October, November, when everybody's expecting important movies. I mean, that feels like it feels like a fall movie. It feels like it's designed to be like a big budget Oscar movie and released it in July. I mean, we're going to see, we're going to see. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, 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 that week's going to be really, really rough with mission impossible Oppenheimer and Barbie, like just kind of fighting out <laughs> to see. Well, The other thing is, is that like mission impossible drops two weeks before or a week and a half before on a Wednesday. Right. So it's going to have that build up. Like it's going to have word of mouth, especially if it's good. People are going to be like, no, man, you need to see this movie. Like, like they did the last one. I mean, he, he built up a lot of goodwill with Top Gun. And so even though the Mission Impossible movies have not done super, super gangbusters, just coming off of Top Gun Maverick. And yeah, I, it, it's, it's set to be, it might be the biggest Mission Impossible. Um, yeah, since the first one. You remember yeah. how, yeah, you remember how big the first one was, like when yeah. we were kids? I mean, I was 18, you probably were like 17. I remember that fucking, I remember I had like three showings on opening yeah. day because it was so big. But we haven't, like, it's weird because it's like he's posed himself as, and he hasn't even, like, the weird, the funniest part about Tom Cruise is that he's done this, but it's he's allowed people to say it and not him say it 
which is he's the last movie star. Like, if you really yeah. think about it, like Harrison coming out at the end of June, like that's his like last hurrah, right? Like Dial of Destiny is kind of like one of those things where I feel like it's his like grandstand waving and going, this is my last, this is my in the line of fire. Like, do you remember when Eastwood, like he got that, yeah. you know, he got best director, best, and then he did in the line of fire and that was like his last hurrah. That was like his last time that he could go, I'm gonna do action. I'm gonna do it well. I'm going to have people around me that are well. Like I still feel like In the Line of Fire would pro- is probably going to be a better movie than Dial of Destiny. Oh my God, don't ask me at that one either. But it's that kind of thing of like, but Screw still has, it's going to sound fucking nuts for a 59-year-old man. He's still got at least a decade, a decade and a half before he has to do that In the Line of Fire, like the last hurrah that he can justifiably do. But he's the last movie star. Like, there's nobody that's a, a movie star like Tom Cruise. I mean, he proved it last summer. And I don't know, man. Like you said, it's Pody. Like, and everybody loves a, loves that kind of narrative, right? They're like, oh, shit, Tom Cruise is back. And it's not just, it's everybody. Like, everybody went to go see fucking Top Gun. And now, the way that they're trying to, like, like the, the advertisements for... It's weird because, like, the advertisements for Mission Impossible make it seem like both John Wick and James Bond at the same time, right? Like, it's like got yeah. this kind of like attitude that I've never seen the trailers have before. That are like, you know, we're we're like John Wick, but we have Tom Cruise instead of uh, you know uh, Keanu Reeves. But we're also like James Bond, but we're not the stick in the mud that James Bond is. Right, we're not we're not Daniel Craig. Mur, 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 mur. I'm James Bond. We're we've got a team. We're fun. We we we're doing what you know. We're doing what the fun stuff of Bond was. And like to be perfectly honest, it's kind of like to me that feels like like what this summer is about, right? Like like you said, like all of the movies that we've seen so far this summer, there's been a twinge of like really positive fun like it's a pop it's it's like they bringing the pop back to pop culture um regardless of what you think of the movies at the end of the day they're super entertaining and they're super fun and they're super positive yeah and and for oppenheimer to just be like this big doldrum in the middle of all that uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be really really interesting Um, yes all right let's let's talk about the the elephant in the room the flash, the flash. Uh, I, hey, before we s- all right so let's talk about the flash and <laughs> i'm i'm gonna say not a complete moratorium uh, for me uh, mm-hmm. you know you can say what you want i'm gonna keep my ezra miller bashing to as minimal as possible like i yeah. i know i've talked enough about it like clearly <laughs> if you if you've listened or talked you know where i stand on ezra miller um there's one specific thing i want to bring up from the very beginning of the movie um mm-hmm. but like i just i i i came out of the movie worried that like i was going to wind up having to go back and forth about like well i liked xyz but also ezra miller's a piece of shit 
So (laughs) rather than having to keep adding the caveat, Ezra Miller still believe he's a, they are a piece of shit. Also probably going to fuck that up. So I, I just, if I fuck it up, I fuck it up. Like they, I know he, they prefer they, them. I, I'm just going to fuck it up. So um, I will do my best not to uh, fuck it up, but I probably will. Um, So uh, I guess we can start with uh, just general thoughts on the movie. And I know your reaction because you. So I'm going to let you elaborate on all that before I get into my reaction. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay so um so okay so first off like i i want to say i'm gonna keep it to a minimum too like i'm just i'm not going to i'm not gonna talk about them um i'm not gonna talk about them and their performance i'm going to talk about barry the flash in the movie like as you said, I did what I was. I did what I was going to do, which is I literally, I literally used my Stubbs card to talk about the Flash or to see the Flash. But I actually went and bought an actual ticket to the Little Mermaid, like so that we could, I could have my cake and eat it too, and I could feel okay about that. I wanted to support a movie that isn't that wasn't getting a lot of love and support. I've not seen it, but I'm still going to support it, right? Um, that being said, um. <laughs> My first text to you was fuckity fuck 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 because I was so frustrated. <laughs> uh, so with that in mind, like I was very frustrated because I was expecting it to be trash. I was ex- I was hoping it was going to be trash so I could just bash it. Um, and again, getting back to what I said about Andy Muschietti is is that I mean I said he went three for three. Like I'm not saying it's a great movie. There's a lot of illogic in it because the primary conceit of Barry's mother dying did not get satisfied to me in the manner in which I wanted it to get satisfied with a movie that has been in production, been in production for three fucking years. I mean, technically longer than that. (laughs) Yes. Four years. If you can, or no, actually, since uh, since Justice came out in what 2016, so it's been it's been developed yeah. since 20 for six years, right? And it was like, announced before that. that. It was announced yes. before that. Um, um, yeah. So the like the primary thing. Oh, and uh, and like as you guys know, spoilers because we're gonna fucking ruin this movie if you yeah, don't really if you haven't gone. Um. So, but here's the thing is that they did not, they didn't solve, like, it's such a glaring, glaring, big issue for me. And I am, I am, I know Logan knows that I'm this type of viewer where if you can hook me into something, you can hook me into something. But if, like, and I will forgive most of illogical nonsense, but if I, and I think that is a problem with, the person that they cast is that I was so outside of it that there were only certain moments that drew me in that made me forget about it. But I was so concerned with the plot mechanisms because if you make a time travel movie and you make a multiverse movie, you better have 
elite level connections and you've had so much time in post-production this movie has changed multiple times from what i understood and i would love to see the multiple iterations i think that i've heard at last count there were five different versions of this movie five very different versions of this movie before it came and that came that brought home that's just like what the the like the filming and the re the reshoots and like Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that there's like three other scripts that just never got shot. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. And you're a hundred percent right. And uh, like, that's a lot of iterations, right? So one of them was by John Francis Daly and yeah. get credit uh, part... in this movie. Yes. But I like, they're not listed under like any of the IMDb credits, but they are listed as uh, like for like story or something like that at the end of the film. And I, I honestly think that that is because of arbitration. I feel like there was something that happened in arbitration where they were like, Oh yeah, let's go ahead and because it's a last minute thing. Cause it's like IMDb doesn't even have it. Um, but they were initially supposed to be the ones that directed it. Um, uh, I like. I'm yep. glad that they didn't. I'm glad that they went to the like. Even though the box office was terrible, um, uh, for Dungeons and Dragons, I'm glad that for another me, as a very movie fan, fun movie. <laughs> exactly. Um, but like, okay. So with that aside, the illogicness of like them not being like, and I, and I like that brings it down one grade. This could have been an A minus movie, but it's a B plus movie. Like, and that's because that is such a glaring thing. Like, and they, and, and this is the part because they hang so much emotion on that, and a much, a much of what every critic is talking about the emotion of. I feel is that they're talking about the mother storyline, and to not have because we ultimately know, like they kind of say it, but they don't say it. It's the it, it's reverse flash but not reverse flash because they never label him reverse flash that kills mother. But if you don't tell me and lock it in, in a very kind of locked in sort of manner and say, look, this is what happened in a time travel movie that talks about loops and stuff. Then I'm like, it doesn't make sense. There's no entry point. Like who killed his mother? Who the fuck killed his mother? And and like the question, the, the question I know why they didn't answer it because they knew that that would disassociate people. And then after all the, as, as like all the other stuff that's happened that would equally even more distance people. And they were trying to make a movie that makes you want to like this character. And that's the thing is that ultimately it brings a grade down for me because you don't solve that issue. And it's a glaring issue. Like if it's coming from me and I'm saying it, then it's an issue. But with that being said, I also said, but man, did that movie play when it's running on all cylinders? I can't stand them, but shit, everything else was kind of a blast. Like, yeah. like that's literally like Andy Muschietti sh- like created a film that I feel like, except for that one thing, he had like he shaped a movie that had the time to be shaped. And within those confines it soars like it really does soar it's a 
fun movie. It's something that betrays all of the Zack Snyder DCEU bullshit, but not fully. Like it does it 90%. I like, mean, there's always it does like 10%. it in the first 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Like it gets like, okay, so can we talk about the pre like the mini Justice League movie that we get that is better than anything that Zack Snyder did, anything that Joss Whedon did? And it's on the kind of like on the level of the first, like of the first Justice League, the, 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 the Bruce Tim um justice league animated series like it gets the fun of that whole thing right yeah so i i'll I'll just say that um i'm pretty much like lockstep with you on all of it there are parts of the movie that i feel like just don't work and they they spend way too much time like developing things that really don't fucking matter because yeah ultimately that's not why we're here that the time bubble shit like it, it's a lot it's a lot that that yes. could have been so much less to give us like even because we're already hearing about like cut scenes with with Keaton yep. and um what's her name that plays Supergirl like parts of yeah Sasha. Yeah, their stuff getting cut, you know, to further the Barry storyline, basically, and keep it under a, a three-hour runtime, which, it, I mean, it, it's a um, But, uh, yeah, th- there's a lot of stuff in here that doesn't work. And, unfortunately, most of it has to do with Barry and his Barry. motivations and... Like and it not and not even Ezra Miller's performance, just like maybe it is muddled script shit. That's just like you know, I, I don't know. Honestly, a lot of that stuff with in regards to his mom and everything wouldn't even play for me if I wasn't familiar with the character. I don't think like. Mm-hmm. A from the comics, B from watching a decade of the Arrowverse, you know, mm-hmm. and them literally having done this storyline, unfortunately, multiple times. Um, like the fact that you know all of that plays, I feel I would love to talk to somebody who is completely unfamiliar with any of it. Even the the Zack Snyder's Justice League stuff, just with any of it, and just be like, how, like, does this play for you, or does it feel half-assed? Because I feel like it it would be, I would think it was half-assed if I didn't, you know, it, I shouldn't say half-assed. We just saw Transformers last week. There's a yeah. whole thing in that movie about like his family and his duty to his family and his relationship with his mom, but it's all brushed over so quickly for just like, Hey, we want to get the robots beating the shit out of each other. And that's fine. Cause that's what we want from a transformers movie. There's yeah. not, it doesn't, it doesn't build to this emotional beat. This does build to a big emotional beat that I literally think would not play as well for me. 
if I wasn't like, oh shit, I know what this relationship means because I've seen it played out in the comics and multiple times in television over the last 10 mm-hmm. years. I don't think it would work, you know, like, so I, I was with that, but I, I just, I chalked it up to like, well, this is what happens when you spend a fucking decade writing and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and starting production on a movie, shutting it down, starting it back up, multiple directors. It, it just, you know, you, you still needed that motivation in there for his family, but then the multiverse stuff, because you wanted to make it a flashpoint movie has to happen and you have to give it so much, uh, screen time for it to feel worthwhile that you get short shrifted everywhere. Honestly, if you make this into three movies and Ezra Miller is not a problematic person, it would fucking play like gangbusters. (laughs) It really would so well. Because, you know, part of the reason uh, No Way Home works, unfortunately, is because of the failures of previous films. Yes. You get a multiverse story that builds to this fucking, like, huge action and emotional, like, focal point. And it all plays so brilliantly because of all of the things that came before. It, the Flash does that, except it it doesn't do it with the same people. Like, it does it with Ezra Miller, who generally uh, people in the know just don't give a fuck about. And even if you're not in the know, this motherfucker, he's been in two movies as The Flash. Like, it doesn't you don't have that relationship with him. So I just don't know that it would like, it just feels like baiting and not like a true emotional, like, uh, you know, in peace for something. So, um, but all that to say, I agree with you. I did when the movie is firing, which for me is, when it's less focused on just Barry and more of like playing in this new universe. Like I, I agree with you. I think it really, really works. It's a lot of fun. Um, or not even just this new universe. Like, so specifically, I I do want to talk about the first 15, 20 minutes of this movie, which is like, dear Zack Snyder, this is how the fuck you should have made a justice league movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really, really, like, it's to character. Like, Muschietti understands, like, like I feel like he understands, like, he understands, ju- like, why didn't we get him to direct a Justice League movie? Jesus fucking Christ. Because it's like, literally, he understands Batman. Okay, so, like, here's the, the great reveal about the Flash movie is, is that he understands Batman, Superman, and the Flash better than anybody like that have taken on those characters cinematically. Like he just understands them through and through and what makes them like, it's not that he's made the ultimate Batman movie or the ultimate Wonder Woman movie or the ultimate Supergirl movie or anything like that. He just understands the characters and how they should work and fit into a Flash movie. 
Like the like the biggest frustrating part about this is the whole thing circumference of of the person that plays Barry Allen in the Flash because if we get somebody different this becomes a different like a different story and we're talking about different things um and like the thing is is that like that first 15 minutes it gets Barry right but the better part about it is that it gets Barry's interactions with with super uh with wonder woman and with um and with batman like so, almost perfect. so yeah i i i i really really hate that henry cavill didn't get an actual swan song as superman to be yeah. in this movie and i don't understand why like i i like i just i don't because He's seen the game to come back. And like mm-hmm. he was never up until like this last time, he never seemed really and like this he just isn't there and like it it's kind of weird. Um It really is. It it, it really is. And I almost wonder if it's that whole thing of like we heard we've heard since that it's it was a big bone of contention like whatever like like it was the mustache like like that was the like when he went to justice league and justice league had to reshoot and again here's like making it circumference like making it a circle again a flat circle fucking tom cruise coming in and refusing to let henry cavill shave his mustache and that sour, like that souring Warner Brothers on Henry Cavill, not so much on Tom Cruise, is a sh- is the shittiest part of the whole thing with the Justice League because yeah. it really kind of I feel like that thing and them having to spend so much damn money on the reshoots and it being nothing and it being a, a clunker after that because of the fact that. He looks so weird and gawky and they just didn't roll with it. Like to me at the end of the day, the biggest mistake was, was that they didn't just go, you know what? Fuck it. Let's use the mustache because he's evil Superman. So let's use the mustache. Let's fucking just do let something. Him, let wild. him grow a beard. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like exactly anything like that, you know? It, it, yeah. It, it, it's yeah. It, it made me sad for Henry Cavill. Um, I know some mm-hmm. stuff has come out about like, maybe he's a little, not difficult, but like a little, um, like he's very much like the way things should be. Um, like as far as like script wise mm-hmm. or like staying true to these stories or whatever, uh, can be a little hard headed about it, but like mm-hmm. he doesn't seem like he's a necessarily a bad guy. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it made me really, really sad for him. I do want to. About the whole Justice League thing. Two, well, two things, really. Mm-hmm. One is, in light of all the shit that has been alleged again, having him rescue babies from a, a falling oh out of God. a hospital window seems yeah. really weird. <laughs> so, that was the biggest I mean, thing. I was like, you... That, like, all the like, things that you cut... Uh, uh, <laughs> He's got yeah. like child endangerment allegations. <laughs> so, the, 
Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I almost wonder. The if, scene is really if, funny, though. It is. It it is, and especially like the microwave scene, like the microwave moment. I was like, really? <laughs> I was uh, like, okay. This is such a, like a weird ass Indiana Jones thing, and so it's weird because if you don't remember John and there's a good chance that you don't <laughs> um there's this whole explanation as to why he can't the flash can't move people with him. yes and he explains that to the other Barry later um and and we see it in action but there's a reason he has to do what he does instead of just rescuing the babies like so when you're watching it if you don't know that it does seem really really odd like why doesn't he just get the kids and just put them safely somewhere why he has to move everything around them but like if you keep that in mind like if for if you don't realize that and you do go back and rewatch it 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 does make a little bit more sense um i knew what why he was doing that but uh um, yeah I, 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 so the other thing I want to say is remnants of Zach's, not just Zack Snyder's Justice League shit, but I mean, going back to Nolan's, like, yeah, this disregard for the people in the wake of all of their damage, specifically by Batman, is really frustrating for me. <laughs> Uh, like, oh yeah, he does oh, not seem yeah. to give a fuck. <laughs> like, you know, I yes, a cab. Like, I'm I'm with all that, but like, still, fuck, dude. Like, you are plowing through traffic. You're like mm-hmm. flipping over cop cars. You like, and just like, what the fuck, man? And this is the guy that was worried about Superman. <laughs> like. He just doesn't give a fuck about he who he's ca- hurting along the way. Like, okay, so like, I'm gonna say something very controversial. Ben Affleck is the worst fucking Batman. His iteration <laughs> of Batman is so bad. It because of the like because of this like my favorite comment recently is like Ben Affleck saying that he would never uh, be in a um, in a James Gunn universe of. Um, uh, aimed uh, Batman movie, right? And I'm like, good, because your Batman is the fucking worst. Your Batman sat there and literally tried to kill Superman. And then the only thing that fucking stopped you was a name. Why did you say that name? Why did you say that name? I mean, it's, it's not, I feel like they write the script. <laughs> but. No, but, but every iteration of, of, Ben Affleck of uh, Ben Affleck's Batman is a fucking asshole. Like Barry comes okay, so like yeah, like the reason why this movie happens in its plot is because of fucking Affleck's Batman, because he's a dickhead and he doesn't want to get drinks with Barry. Like, even Arthur gets drinks with Barry, we find out. It gets drunk with Barry. But yeah. Batman doesn't want to get drinks with, with him, and it causes this whole fucking thing. You can see on Barry's face that it's like, I'm having a really tough time. And he, like, literally sits there. 
the Batman in the final fucking scene is better than fucking Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah. Like, like, like it is more sympathetic to Barry than Batman. Than I, I, I they, just... they tried to make it. Like, okay, so uh, something else I want to level against this movie. Uh-huh. Okay, I, I know it's The Simpsons did it first, and I, I, I know it is what it is. They, they have storylines that are similar. Mm-hmm. You always have, but fucking sorry, man. Like, The Flash is not Spider-Man, and Batman is not Iron Man. Like, this Batman no. is not fucking Iron Man. Like, you want to make this relationship like Tony Stark and Peter Parker from the Marvel Spider-Man films, and it's not. It's just not. So it feels really weird and a little bit forced that they do it. Um, yeah. But I, uh, the flip side of it, like, you can tell that everybody is having more, specifically Ben Affleck. He does seem like he's yeah. having more fun. I I think he's a fine Bruce Wayne. Like, the, the Wayne oh, stuff is really yes. good and, you know, mostly compelling. No, you're right. That, that That's absolutely the case, is that Affleck, I mean... I think that we actually said, I think we actually had a Dawn of Justice conversation, like you and I. We might have had one on the old Film Dispenser podcast, because I remember us talking about um, the Neil Adams version of Batman and how that's what Affleck is doing. And, but he's doing it as Bruce Wayne. So he has that kind of like disaffected playboy nature, which actually his, like you said, his Bruce Wayne works very well. Like if they just were to do a movie called Bruce Wayne and Ben I mean, Affleck starring and directing in it, I, I in, in Dawn of Justice. In Dawn of Justice. I mean, the movie is mostly garbage. But yes. um that scene where he's at the fucking party and yes. like, I here's the thing. I've seen that movie I remember this fucking scene because it's so well done. Where he's playing the drunk playboy, and he's just like, it's a, I, "I like your shoes," <laughs> like <laughs> you know, like that yeah. shit. It's so good, and then like stumbling, you know, around, and then straightening up as he gets away from the crowd. You know, like it works yeah. so fucking well, and it, it just the rest of it just. Doesn't like doesn't, the no, only absolutely. time I really liked Affleck as Batman. I think the beginning of Justice League is okay, and yeah. the weird like parademon shit where he's like fighting with like the. I think that's pretty cool, but that's yes. the thing is like that's Batman just kicking people's asses, and that's always fun. The problem with like the actual. Batman in that universe it, And honestly like I said Going back to Chris Nolan is He mostly does not seem to give a fuck About people <laughs> Like no. it, It's just That it he's really protecting is, right? This city and at some Point he just doesn't give a shit uh, that, that like he's causing Not just damage but he's endangering So many other people Um and I mean Wonder Woman has to bail his ass Out so yep. and Bravo to them for definitely playing the like Bruce Diana are, are in a relationship thing. 
Like, oh, I was like, yes. oh, yeah, totally. I dig that. <laughs> yes, and it's not even spoken. It's just the chemistry between the two. And that's the biggest yeah. re- That's the biggest drop of the regret that I have is that yeah. if Ben Affleck is smart, he will make a spy movie with with Gal Gadot, starring Gal I Gadot. And I it have a lot of chemistry, like a, man. They do, Jesus Christ, do they? Like, I almost wonder if, like... Affleck could do like a really cold war, but like, like an eighties erotic thriller throwback with her because man, their, their chemistry is just, all it takes is two smiles. Yeah. Like literally a smile between both of them after she lets go like, and like Bravo to like fucking Ben. I will say this much Ben Affleck with the, with the lasso of truth on him That's and the way that funny, man. Oh, that was hilarious. The way that <laughs> the way that present that, and I will also say this: his bat outfit is probably one of my favorites because I grew up again with Neil Adams and also Frank Miller as the guys who it's very visually Frank introduced Miller. me. It and very I, much I, so I, is. I do think that that's the version of Batman that he's playing because I yes. think that that's the one that. I think he's on record. Like, that's the one he's familiar with. Like, he read Dark Knight Rises, and, like, he was really, really interested in that. Uh, and then uh, Frank Miller's Daredevil, that, that's what he thought he was doing. And that yes. ultimately really wasn't what they did. They made it a little no. too lighthearted. Um, but... Um, I, what One last thing I will say about Ben Affleck. I guarantee you he's got something in his pocket where in 20 years he's going to play Batman. He will he will make the Frank Miller the Dark Knight Rise or the the um the Dark Knight whatever you want to call it Dark Knight Strike Back whatever whatever Miller's version of it is, I guarantee you in 20 years him and Matt Damon are going to be cast in that movie. Like he's he's got it in his pocket. I almost guarantee there's I, I would much... love to see Damon as the one-armed green arrow. Like I would fucking yes. love that. <laughs> that well and that's the thing is that that that's what I feel like is going to happen. And he's going to get whoever I feel like Rami Malek in 20 years is perfect for uh, the Joker. Yeah. For the, the, the reassociated Joker. I honestly think that that's what Ben Affleck is going to work towards because he has the bat. He has his script for the Batman that we've never seen like him and Chris Tedero, whoever he yeah. won Argo with the, uh, like the script for Argo. He has that script and he keeps on talking about it. And it's like a director doesn't talk about something continually unless they have it on their mind and up their ass to like make it. And I honestly think that in like maybe 15 years when Ben Affleck is healthily six in his mid sixties is I think when he will, he, he will, I mean, he's one of those guys that's a Warner brothers guy. He, all he does is make movies for Warner brothers, like the directed versions of his movies. So guys, if you guys like the Ben Affleck, version of batman don't worry he's probably gonna make one because they always make i mean as we're seeing right now there's two batmans in the universe like there's two actually developed batman series well, I mean, that are happening <laughs> I, in, yeah, in yeah. this movie they all exist <laughs> yes that's true so like can we get to what i feel is arguably the best part of this movie is that michael keaton <laughs> fuck yeah it's michael keaton <laughs> Um, so I, this is the, Go ahead 
Go ahead. I, I, no, absolutely. I'm I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm not the biggest fan of Michael Keaton's Batman. I know that makes me the outlier considering like our ages and yeah, like I think the first Batman we've talked about this on other podcasts. Yeah. Um, the the first Batman movie is so fucking, and it's not Michael Keaton's fault, but it's so no. weird how Gotham. <laughs> just looks like some cardboard cutouts. Yes, um, it really does. Um, I mean, it's very moody, but it's just like, there's nine people that live in this city. It's fucking bizarre. <laughs> and um, all of them are criminals. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I don't enjoy Batman Returns, like, mostly at all. Like, I mean, it's very due to me, but, like, what I enjoy in Batman Returns is Michelle Pfeiffer and the Catwoman outfit. Like, that's <laughs> almost joy in, in Batman Returns. But I'll say this. <laughs> um, it was really fun to see him play that version of that character again. He, and he... The thing is, is that it works, right? Like, it works in the way that, like, you understand why they didn't have, like, like, whenever you do a multiverse movie, like, if you're going to, if you're going to give somebody an alternate version, there better be a reason. And it's very clear that this, this Batman, this old, old man Batman, um, is is there to guide Barry in a way that Ben Affleck's Batman could never guide him. Yeah. Like, like, like Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne slash Batman is like the, at the end of the day, he's like the, the moving force of the movie. Like he's the one that pushes Barry in the right way. He's the one that, that like that keeps everything moving in a way that, is interesting. He's not the hero that you think that he is, but when he's there, like Jesus Christ, he's there. And he makes, and he makes, he makes these choices that help. Like he's like, again, he's very much like the biggest thing that I feel like I took away from the movie is fuck. I really, really, really want, I really wanted like you, you and I have talked about how like, you know, um, um, Batman Beyond is like a big thing for me And yeah. all I kept on thinking about was This is like the dry run for Batman uh, Batman Beyond Because fuck is Keaton so damn good As old man Batman Like he fits it in like, like his version It's like he doesn't miss a beat Like I've watched both Batman movies And like I watched 89 and Batman Returns this week and the thing, like, so close together, like, Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, or Tuesday and Thursday, so much so that they're fresh in my mind. And there's no beat skip. Like, I get the 20 years, the, the 30 years of what happened in Gotham in, for this Batman. So, let's seconds. talk about that for a second. Let's talk yeah. about that for a second. So, it is a perfect counter to the point I was talking It's like... Grim and gritty Batman. Not that Burton's wasn't grim. It was. But, mm -hmm. like, the Nolan and uh, uh, Snyder Batman does not really seem to give a fuck about endangering people. Yeah. This Batman did. 
and like where it's 30 years on and like batman doesn't like it really exist anymore like he hasn't been batman for a long time and like he's like gotham doesn't need me it's the safest city in the world beautiful right like just those that statement it tells you everything you need to know about keaton's batman like yeah affleck's like the funniest part about that is that affleck's batman even if it was the safest city in the world he would still continue on yep and like, <laughs> the rope he says it the, the rope and he's like you know but if i just you know donated all my money to charity and uh yeah <laughs> like it's it's so good <laughs> like it really yeah is. man it's like you're not you're not the like i guess you're the batman we deserve or the one we get or whatever the the quote is yeah it's just like yeah but if you if you were focused on like really truly doing good not just as batman but like michael keaton's bruce wayne is like the bruce wayne from like from the animated series like yes yeah. he is but like kicking ass beating up the bad guys and da, 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 but like being like that kind of philanthropist and you know doing those kinds of things you know from those animated series and like they sum all of that up so that and the fact that not being batman like yes it did make him this old recluse who you know <laughs> like doesn't cut his hair and like lives off spaghetti um but not in a like depressing like uh why am i still here kind of way just more of a like Absolutely. well i didn't know what else to do with my life <laughs> like <laughs> i solved all my problems except you know for bringing my parents back and you know, I've come to terms with that. So, like, I'm j I just I just stopped doing all of it, you know. And, and I guess part of it also is that he he also lives in a universe that because of Barry going back and doing what he did, there are no there there were no other superheroes. Like there yeah. was just only Batman. Like there there was no Superman because of what happened. There, you know, all of this, but you know i i don't know it, it's really really kind of sweet and, and i agree with you keaton does a bang up fucking job it's nice to see him truly truly kick ass because one of the i don't want to <laughs> say worse one of the not great things about those burton movies is stiff because of the suit because yeah. they did not make it movable like his actions have to be very intentional and like it, it's not like like the kick flips and shit like that that you've seen other batman doing so getting which i know it's not michael keaton doing that but getting yeah. to see his batman do those things was was pretty fun so yeah and they they sold it with the also the cg i was reading up on it it basically the same the the way that um the way that uh, Snyder approached uh, the Batman suit in um, Batman, Donna Justice, 
like which is one of the great the best scenes in that movie like you know when when he does that whole thing taking down like you were i think you were talking about like um taking down the goons in the yeah like and it's because they did the cg on the head on the um on the cowl and so here they do the same thing and it just opens up the it opens up his batman to be better um then that stiff like let me bend half of my body whenever i yeah. got something. <laughs> um <laughs> but i will say like so something that we haven't talked about are the needle drops the chicago needle drop <laughs> in the action scene it's at least two chicago songs in this movie <laughs> yes that fucking that fucking needle drop when he's in the action scene with Barry with the berries i like at the end of it, like in my theater, which was actually really crowded, they all cheered because it's just like when you get that reveal, it's that like, you know who it is. Like you absolutely know who it is. Um, but it's the fun of that needle drop is just it's just too much to like. It feels like James Gunn, but it's not James Gunn. It's Andy Muschietti, right? Like it's it's the way that you would expect. Like. I yeah, this like, is pr- all. Of this is pre-gun. Yeah, so this is all Andy Muschietti. Like, like what I love about this movie is that, like, the the thing that I took away from it is is that Andy Muschietti should absolutely have something like Batman and Brave and the Bold. He should absolutely have something that's big body, gaudy. Uh, let him put his personality stamp on if, something big. If Gun hadn't laid down like oh i'm gonna do this because i know i'm gonna get to write and direct superman yeah i i, I, I honestly i would have flipped the two i, I would yeah. put gun on batman and i would put andy machete on superman <clears throat> yes because that leads us to kara and supergirl which is it, a this little... is the best live action version of a kryptonian oh. that we've had in <laughs> yeah literally literally like um and i, I said, like where this, brandon routh is fine he's it's okay but fault. he's hampered he's yeah it's not his fault that that he, he was hampered he was by, surrounded by yeah by two assholes <laughs> by two assholes let's be let's be honest and um, a dipshit <laughs> who i'm gonna make superman what i want to do is make a, a, a continuation into the Chris Reeves franchise, and it's like, no, nah, man. Yeah, they should have yeah. just started over. Brandon Routh was fine. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, Sasha Callie. Like the biggest regret I have for this is that I mean, we've heard that she's not going to be Supergirl. Like this is her first yeah. and only appearance, and that's it's fuck, fucking man. sad, man. Because. Holy shit, is she good? <laughs> yeah, she's really good. In the small amount of screen time she has, she convinces you of everything that you want in a super in a in a Kryptonian. Like, like what? Just that one on one with Barry, man. Where she's yes. like, you know, you know, Barry is kind of let loose that like he knows stuff about. Kryptonians a little bit and she's like do you know what this is you know what this this symbol means he's like "Uh, I think it means hope and you know which is yeah we learned that in the other movies but then we saw Superman who was 
basically fucking hopeless. And yeah. launches into this, like, I mean, it's not even like 10 lines of dialogue. The speech about, like, that's that's what my people are about. We weren't about war. We weren't about destruction. We're about hope. We're very hopeful people. And, like, she's lost that because she's been stuck on this earth for decades and held in this cell and, you know, tortured. And, you know, it's... I He does this. I mean, Kara has... What all told, maybe 15, 20 minutes of screen time? Yeah. And no, it's, absolutely. It's better than the Superman shit we got from uh, Zack Snyder. And I say that as somebody who appreciated Man of Steel. And yeah. also, uh, so I, I <laughs> thought I was going to go into this wondering why. Why is it Supergirl and not Superman? Why is why can't we have Henry Cavill in there? Credit to the the the, the story there. It makes perfect fucking sense. It really does. Like I had the same feeling that you did, but at the end of the day, when they just like when you give like okay, so like when you give that those lines of dialogue to Michael Shannon as Zod, who I feel is is vast like there has to be like i mean the machete cut i almost wonder the the first cut the four hour is more zod centric because you make him the second big baddie and he's very like there's not enough of him in it i feel like like to make him a threat like there's that that section between when they get supergirl and the final confrontation where I feel like that feels like there's like 30 minutes of movie there that we're missing. Well, it, that, it, it goes back to what I was saying about a lot of the other things is it it's, you know, it it's trying to rely on like, hey, we hope you remember what yeah. a like absolute asshole and badass this guy was from Man of Steel, because like. That's what they're relying on. And the problem is, like, do people remember that? <laughs> and the, the answer is no, they don't. Like, like that's to be perfectly honest, because, like, there's so much Shannon in. Of like, like, okay, so, like, the biggest part about, the biggest thing that, like, distanced me from Zack Snyder and his um, Man of Steel is the interview he did post- um, Man of Steel when he was released when he basically said he fucking hated Superman and it it, br- it brought a lot to light because that movie is very Zod centric it like there's like like more so than Superman like it feels like the second half of the movie is like Shannon just being able to do whatever he wants while Henry Cavill is sitting there <laughs> with yeah. his hands crossed and that's just not Superman right but like I don't know, like, it feels like there should be more Shannon in this movie because you get Michael Shannon and what the fuck? You you give him 10 minutes of, like, he feels perfunctory when he really shouldn't. Have you read like, any of his, of his interviews regarding reprising this role? All I've heard is that he, he went to Zack Snyder to get a blessing. 
But yeah. other than that, no, I have not it, read anything he, else. You should look him up. He is sparing no words about like he really just short of being like I wasn't doing anything and they were gonna pay me. So. Oh wow. <laughs> Oh like, my god, he, that's hilarious. And like he does I think he does speak on Ezra Miller's performance a little bit saying how how good he thought it was and what uh, what an interesting like idea of exploring this is, but he's like I, I don't know why they brought Zod back. Not anything for me to really do here. And, and I do think really it's just like what's the the one thing we can do that maybe people might remember and that way we don't have to establish another bad guy is bring back Zod and the world engine and all of that shit. But it does really like you either have to roll with it and be like, oh, yeah, I guess I kind of remember that, which is where I was. Or uh-huh. you have to actually remember it. Just doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> like no it, it just it just doesn't you know um it, it it's weird because like that makes less sense than the superman's the supergirl stuff and they don't really spend a lot of time explaining all of that <laughs> they really don't they really don't um uh which okay so um <laughs> the deep fake stuff. Um, we should talk about that because I mean, at this point, the time it's bubble like, stuff. It, that yeah, I can appreciate it, but I, I mean, yeah, it just this is why you don't use AI. I'm, I'm just gonna yeah. say it. And it, my, okay, it's, none of it fucking works. None of it. It wasn't no really necessary. It's all it. It's fan service in the worst way. Absolutely. For, for me. Like, yeah, no, no, fan no, service right. the right way is the, the final scene, which we'll get to. Um, but this, like, okay, man. Like, do do we need to see? The Nicolas Cage is super. That shit is, it's funny for a subset of people. And baffling for anybody who doesn't fucking know. Yeah, because they're going to be like, Nicholas fucking Cage with long my, hair? My dad was like, what was that about? And I was like, you can Google it. I'm <laughs> not going to explain it to you. Yeah, like, but that whole... was Nicholas Cage, right? I was like, yeah, that was Nick Cage. But I, <laughs> I mean, and, and P- like, you know what? There's somewhere that John Peters and Peter Gruber are clapping because they finally got their fucking spider. Which, like, you know... Fighting like Superman. You knew, we, we did yeah. get it in the Wild Wild West, but, you know... Yes, but that, that wasn't <laughs> Superman, right? Like, they really wanted it in Superman. Coke is a hell of a drug. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Um, I will say this much. As a Nicolas Cage fan, um, it was kind of fun, because I'm the dude... I'm one of the dudes that would have loved to have seen... Um, Burton's Superman, the more chest than like hair, man. The chest oh my hair. god, yes. Like, why? Why can't the suit just go up to your neck? Like, what is up with that? Um, it was it was the original design? You remember? Yeah, you remember when yeah. we saw the like? I'm barely. I'm. 
I'm I'm genuinely surprised they didn't do the. You remember the other suit, the wild like clear yeah. suit with like the electric, like the 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 lights. I'm actually surprised they didn't do that one, um, because the script that I've read, the spider comes after he's reborn. Um, yeah. And so, and yeah, like you can read it online. You can actually read that script, guys. Like all you have to, like there's and not. There, there's a whole documentary about it, right? Yes, about, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, John Schwann. It includes uh, the... some of the test footage, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's... it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's definitely interesting. It's, it, um, I will say this much. That, that like if there's an alternate universe where that exists i would love to see it because i can guarantee you it's better than anything that Zack snyder put into into his superman movie but i, I was happy oh, for nicholas cage i was happy yes for cage. like i know that's um, he's always wanted to do to do it i one of my favorite recent nick cage quotes is when this became like a bigger and bigger and bigger story like in that documentary was coming out somebody asked him about like being chosen by Tim Burton to play Superman. And he was like, no, Tim Burton didn't choose me to play Superman. I chose Tim Burton chose to direct him. Superman. Direct the movie. <laughs> exactly. Uh, people like, don't realize. Yeah. Nick Cage, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I love Nick. Like we've talked about like, you know, he's, he's one of my favorite actors. I mean, we've, we've talked about that for years, but like the Nick Cage, like, this is what you have to appreciate. I will say this much, and we'll, we'll move on to the other cameos. Um, but, like, I will say this much about Nick Cage. Like, Nick Cage, you have to respect a dude that, after he won the Oscar, literally went to Warner Brothers and said, I want to be Superman. And brought with him, as a way of codifying to them that he was the biggest fan on Earth, was his the first thing he bought with the biggest check, the first big payday he got, which was his, his action comics, a, a near mint action comics, first premiere, a uh, first debut of Superman. Like yeah. that, like I you mean, gotta, you gotta love a dude that can throw down like that. Like that just went, I, oh, I want to be Superman. And then just like literally shows the, the head of Warner brothers and like, I mean, what do you say to Nick Cage at the height of his career? He's just about to have The Rock come out. He's he's like all of a sudden become this weird, freaky actor that won an Academy Award and all of a sudden wants to be an action star and is starring with Sean fucking Connery in a movie that's basically, you know, like like was one of the bigger things at that time. The Rock, I mean, it's fucking, it, it was huge. It makes me miss when Michael Bay made good movies. <laughs> seriously dude seriously um so they give me something like this movie also with their the deep fake cameos gave me something i didn't know that i wanted but i absolutely kind of wanted which is chris reeves and helen slater taking up their uh, each other's air in a in a superman movie um in yeah a superman i mean universe. that's one of the like biggest regrets of the fall of that like that first superman franchise it, like yep. warners and dc let it get so muddled and just let let basically schlock filmmakers run it and you know that supergirl movie is a guilty pleasure of mine yeah. um no, i, it is I me too. had a 
crush on Helen Slater since I was six. <laughs> so The Legend of Billy Jean, man. That fucking movie. I uh, love that movie. Uh, um it's it's so fuck, man. It's so frustrating because it's it looks bad. I'm not gonna lie. Like that fucking deep fake shit, like it's still like this is like the uncanny valley is never gonna get past. Like we're never gonna get past it. I'm sorry, but we're just not. Like like unless you like see like CGI just doesn't do it. There's not a they've had five years with this shit and they still couldn't come up with it looks like them, but all it does is makes you miss Christopher Reeve, who is the yeah. best Superman. Um and then it it makes you understand like if you're a Superman fan and you're you're a Chris Reeves fan. And then you're also a Helen Slater fan, and you like that that ver- that wonky ass, crazy ass version of Supergirl. Um, but also, like, let's be honest, the director's cut. Do you remember the like, like the almost close to three hour yeah. director cut? Like, like yeah. that's what I like. Like, 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 let me deep dive into the boringness of it because it's kind of great. But that is like something that I really didn't know I wanted, and I was like, fuck, man, that would have. And then it made me think of like. You could have, like, when Keaton had made Batman, you still could have had Reeves as Superman. Like, he was only, like, he was only in his mid-30s when they came, when those came out, because he was, like, 25 when, I think he started in 78, and so, like, he's literally 36. Like, that's the, that's the world's finest I wanted. And it just made me, like, it made me go, fuck, imagine it at, between Returns and 89 Batman, they just decided they went, they solved the salt kind issue, and then they just made a movie with Chris Reeves and Keaton. Yeah. I just thought, man, that's that's a thing that I like. You know how like they did the Dan Waters, um, the original script, the Batman 89, and they did a graphic novel of it where it yeah. looked like Keaton and everybody. Why I kind of want somebody to do a sequel of that, but to do it as world's finest. Let Sam Ham write the script again and just have Chris Reeves, like, you know, visage and Keaton's visage at the time and just come up with a storyline. Bring Gene Hackman back, um, you know, because Gene Hackman bald. (laughs) I mean, you want to do it all and and then do it in the Richard Donner style, right? Because that's kind of what you want. You don't want Burton's. You kind of want um, Donner's like world's finest. Um but yeah man, I mean they have Adam West, which just made me sad because I was like I, I, that's the thing, a lot of it just not good CGI deep fake shit. Like yeah. A lot of it is people who are no longer with us and it just made me fucking sad. Yeah. And the stuff that didn't just didn't look that great or really just wasn't that important. Um, I, so, all right. So here's the thing. <laughs> when, when they, they literally did this storyline in the flash TV show mm-hmm. and they made a concerted effort to include as many of the DC universes live action as they possibly could. Like, Mm -hmm. they got the Smallville universe, they hit the Batman 66 universe, they hit, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure uh, 
Linda Carter's Wonder Woman universe is in there in some way, shape, or form. They even hit the Birds of Prey universe. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that short-lived TV show. Like, any and everything they could for just a few minutes, they did. And that was fun. This shines a light on three or four things that are more well-known. But not in a great way. So the question remains is, if you weren't going to do all of it, why do any of it? I, that's. For the clicks? I mean, like, let's be honest, it's it's for the clicks, um, I guess, because, like, the thing is, is, like, I have the exact reaction, like, all the Batmans are enough. All of the Superman stuff is enough. Like you didn't need to go into into that into that all of that like the bubble stuff, the time bubble stuff. Um, you didn't need to go into that. Like I would have been fine with everything else, right? Um, and especially if you could have gotten Henry Cavill, um, it would have been okay, right? But again, they they kind of tied themselves in a in a knot because, like, they basically like you know it's basically told to us that Zod killed Baby Kyle, um, which causes like you know Kara to lose her shit and basically get into the situation that she gets into um, in the movie that causes the the end time loop. But like I don't know like. It's enough to me. It's enough. Like all of the the iterations that we see of Batman, um, that we that we interact with the people from the 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 um, Man of Steel universe. It's all enough. It doesn't need to be like because like at the end of the day, the time bubble stuff. It's all about Barry. Like, am I right? Like, am I wrong in that assumption? Like, like no, like, I, it's I, Barry. I I agree with you. So much of it at the beginning of it is just Barry. That it yeah. feels weird when you start seeing other things. It, it, yes. Like I get the point of it is like they're ripping holes in like space time, and so you're getting glimpses into these other realities. But well, I mean, not, why not other berries? Exactly. Why not other realities of the Flash? Why is it CGI'd up uh, Superman uh, from the seventies and? Uh, yeah. Nick Cage and like it doesn't make it you see one instance of the flash which I'm I think that was John Wesley's ship but it's so I'm, fucking far away it's hard to even tell it's actually not it's actually the dude that um that um that may that did um oh god it's the one from um um uh, it's it's specifically designed to be no actor because they couldn't get they 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 didn't want like I guess from what I understood is that they didn't want to pay any of the any of the WB actors to appear in the like that's how shitty it is like they didn't want yeah. any of the WB so actors it, to appear. It's meant to so they, look they created, like that version of the Flash that um, yes Jay Jay Garrick version of the Flash. With yes. the like the tin helmet with the wings, but specifically non that's 
that's why I was like, I think it's supposed to be John Wesley shit, but like, it's so fucking tiny. Like, I I would have rather seen nineteen different versions of people as uh, the Flash, like whoever the fuck yep. you wanted to get the cameo for two seconds as the Flash, than to see this CGI up nonsense. Like, it, and it's not worth it to like again. Totally happy for Nick Cage. Glad he got to do it. But it's not fucking worth it for like what amounts to a fan service joke. Like yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It just because it's they, dumb. They, they, it right. Like but they specifically go after what everybody like what everybody that's a that's a fan of that era and the behind the scenes of like what we what we had like what we want like what we were like what like it's the wtf moment the spider is like literally for everybody like you know like you and i i think we've actually talked about this is like the spider was like the stupidest thing like everybody knew it was the stupidest thing but everybody also has this whole thing of like oh man it's kind of regretful that we didn't get to see the goddamn spider and superman fighting the spider and it's like they just took that joke to its logical end. And I'm like, I don't need that. Like yeah. what I need is like, what I need is not cameos, but if you're going to do that, fucking bury the hatchet with Henry Cavill and give him a goodbye. The way that you gave yeah. Wonder Woman a goodbye, the way that you gave Batman, a, like all Batman's a goodbye. Right. Like, like they, like, I didn't expect to get a like I thought that maybe I might get emotional at the mom goodbye, but I didn't. But you know what I did get emotional by is fucking Michael Keaton being able to say, like, you know, Michael Keaton to have his moment, right? Yeah. Where and in true Michael Keaton fashion, he plays it like one of the most wonderful things I love about Michael Keaton is that he will take a scene and you know that he's gonna do the Michael Keaton thing, but you don't know how he's going to do it. And it's always unexpected. And the way that he ends, like, you know, the way that he ends it is so kind of heartbreaking. And he did it on purpose. It's not like he had, like, the brevity of it is what's heartbreaking to me. And I guarantee you that's the fucking Michael Keaton touch. Keaton's like, I don't want to say anything all that much. I just want to kind of, like, just let me do my thing. And I'm like, okay. And then he does his thing and you go, holy shit, that's the way that you do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, like it is the most baffling thing to me. Like you, like you, it's like the most baffling thing to do this CGI deep fake thing other than to say like, guys, if you think, okay, so like, let's have a little side conversation before we get to those final moments of this movie. Um, like that is what you are in store for. If you think AI is going to do shit for you, like, you know, this whole world where fucking the, 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 the streamers say, oh, yeah, you can come home and say, I want to see Christopher Reeves and Helen Slater a, in a Superman movie, Superman 5, that we never got. And put Michael Keaton in there for good measure. No. You're going to get, that's <laughs> the fucking shit you're going to get. That's the shit you're going to get. Fake ass, fake fucking stuff. They're not going to look like anything like that's your future. If you, if you're so excited about fucking AI and you don't think that they're going to become murder bots and kill us all. Um, that's what AI you have looked forward to subpar bullshit. Um, so fine, go ahead. But that being said, um, the ending, 
<laughs> All right. So let, let's talk about the the ti- the time travel yeah. which creates the ending. So like, I don't know. I'm kind of tired of movies because every movie has a different theory on what time travel is. I can yeah. I can appreciate it. Like. I feel like as a general audience, we understand multiverse stuff pretty well now that you didn't need the whole spaghetti thing. I mean, yeah. I can appreciate it, and it's a good way to to explain it. Like, I think they do a better job here. Hold your breath. I think they do a better job of explaining it here than they do in um, the Avengers. <laughs> So, oh, absolutely. Uh, um, and why it creates, and, and of course, it's Michael Keaton explaining it, which you know makes it better. Which, yes. So, how is Barry? That <laughs> all right? You didn't understand the explanation, man, because he told you what it does it is not create a new future it creates a new past and a new future it echoes both ways and so he's like what he takes from my mom has to die there's nothing i can do about it but my dad doesn't have to stay in prison so i'm going to rearrange the tomatoes on the store shelf so that when he has to go get one he has to look up and the camera sees him and proves his alibi and he gets to put like when he comes back and that's happened immediately. I was like, the fucker didn't listen. Like he still changed something and this is yep. going to create a problem. Like even if it's a minor one, I was like, what is going to happen? And I mean, again, credit where fucking credit is due and as happy as I am for Nicolas Cage I'm just as fucking happy for George Clooney <laughs> seriously dude okay so can we just talk two seconds about how he comes in and he plays that middle ground between Keaton and Ben Affleck perfectly it, it really really made me like I walked out going well, now I just want George Clooney to play Batman in The Brave and the Bold. Right? Like, like you almost want Andy Muschietti to go, I'm going to cast George Clooney again, but yeah. I'm going to do this right. Because then you get, okay, so like, like you get the you get a kind of pop in a way that I feel like we haven't seen. Like, we saw Old Man Batman but we haven't seen that kind of old man Batman play throughout an actual movie. And I kind of want to, like, after Keaton had done it so well, I kind of want that iteration. Like, yeah, we like, got old man recluse Batman. This is yes. older, suave, still playboy Batman. <laughs> yes. Smarter, not stronger Batman. Yeah. Like, 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 that's the thing is that, like, it's the minus 10 years from Batman Beyond, right? Like, that's yeah. what it is. It's the minus 10 years. It's the, 
50, the, the, the Batman that's in his 50s, right? Even though Affleck is in his 50s, he's actually supposed to be playing Batman in his uh, mid-40s, like our age, which I always find ridiculous, right? But whatever, okay. So having Batman in his 50s, it creates this whole new thing that's kind of great, but it's also kind of a fuck you to everybody. And like, Joel Schumacher was right. He was just hampered with a bunch of fucking bullshit. Like, you know, and, toy and company bullshit. Kind of... Yeah, and, you know, kind of a little bit caught up in the Michael Bay thing of, like... Yes. Like, stuck on, like, this concept of, like, I know I can do this. I just got to keep working at it. And, I I mean, honestly, like, about to give him a third movie, (laughs) you know, to that point. You know, Bay ran it into the ground with Transformers. Um, But... and it's just like maybe there is a perfect version of that like campy kind of bat. Actually, no, there's no maybe. There is a perfect version of that campy yeah. kind of. Come on, this we wrote. We, we don't need uh, yeah. to revisit it, <laughs> you know. So you trying to like do it, you know, like oh, I can make it kind of campy, and therefore the you know McDonald's will be happy because they're selling. Because they weren't fucking happy with Batman Returns. Um, and yeah. they'd be rightfully so. Because, <laughs> like, how the fuck do you market that to kids? Um, but, yeah, it, it was a lot of shit that, you know... Um, Batman Returns, like... So, uh, not to get off on the tangent, but, like... Uh, was it, is it Kevin Smith? That said that he has the the three hour cut or whatever three or four hour cut of Batman Returns, not Batman yes, Returns, uh, Batman Forever. Um, yes, he does. That's what he's. And I, that's 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 what he's. He's never discussed it fully, but that's what he's. Well, I think I he's think said. he's screening it at at uh, the Smog Castle Cinemas sometime soon. Are you are you fucking kidding me? That's amazing. Um, yeah, like if he Google, actually, if he you can Google is, it. Okay. Damn. Damn. Uh, okay. It might be. Watch it. I bet it's this weekend <laughs> because the flash is out. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, I I think Batman Returns is a better movie than people give it credit for. Um, Batman and Robin is unbearably stupid. <laughs> Um, so to see to see Clooney kind of get like a little pop there, and you know, I you know, I I thought it was really fun, well deserved, good on everybody involved. You know, good on Clooney's always been a good sport about it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it, I thought it was great. Yeah, like it's it's the right kind of like. Like let's give let's give you another perspective. Um, it, it's it's a nice pop in a, in in the right way, and it just makes you like these kinds of cameos should make you want to like, oh man, what if? That's what it make it should make you do. It shouldn't make you go, oh man, why did they do this? And like the Clooney, the 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 Clooney cameo is exactly that because you kind of see it coming a mile away. Like when 
when you start putting things together in your head, like what Machete does very well is he's able to give you the strands enough to put it together about two seconds before it happens, which makes it kind of like this anticipatory kind of moment that that's what you want. Like that's the, for me, that's the apex of it is finding out that you're going to get the cameo a couple of seconds before, and then the anticipation grows and then it pops like a balloon. Um, and then um, like the other thing that just makes me sad is the, the final scene with, uh, <laughs> with the, like one of the best parts of the Snyderverse, which is Jason Momoa as Aquaman, like coming in for a cameo. That's hilarious, right? The drunk Aquaman yeah. is great. Um, him like, breathing uh, breathing sewer water the fucking Fuck. it's like the this puddle. is my bed this is where i live my live uh, here get more beer and he goes that's an atlantean that's priceless at okay whatever and just it's great um and it really does sadden me that like you know we're not going to get another we're like this is the last, like, you know, this is the last of Aquaman, right? Um, because, I mean, like you said, like you said a couple of podcasts ago, I mean, he's Lobo. Like, I mean, he's literally designed to play Lobo. And I mean, like, Momoa walked out of that meeting awfully happy for somebody yes. who was getting told, yeah, this is going to be your last outing as Aquaman. Like, either he was so miserable making those movies and he was hiding it extremely well. Or he walked out knowing, like, okay, yeah, I guess my time is done as Aquaman, but I'm about to pay, play the baddest son of a bitch in the galaxy. Exactly. Like, and playing to Momoa's strengths. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like Arthur, like, he, he did his own interpretation of Arthur, right? Like, he did the rock star version. But with Lobo, you don't have to be, like, nope. Lobo is a rock star. Yep. I mean, long-haired, I mean, piercings, fucking biker gear, like, like stiletto boots, like chains, whatever the fuck you want to do, man. Like, yep. it all falls in line with Lobo. Like, yep. you can, you just, I didn't see uh, Fast and Furious, but like, by all accounts, yours, Tim's. Uh, Spencer went and saw it and said basically the same thing. Like uh, they give Momoa, like they're just like, here you go, man, run with it. <laughs> yep. You know, that, and that's literally what they do. And so for him to like be able to do that with a superhero character and not, not just not be bound like Aquaman at the end of the day has to be, a quote good guy and Momoa's fine at doing that but to, to basically just be able to play DC's version of Wolverine and play it to like that degree is gonna be a lot of fucking fun now it might be seven or eight years from now <laughs> um, yeah but uh yeah I definitely think that that's happening just because he walked out of there awfully. Everybody else was not happy. Well, I, I don't think... Uh, ben had already said he wasn't coming back. But, like, Cavill wasn't really happy about getting jerked around. I don't think Gal Gadot is very happy um, about just being unsure where she stands in the... You know, being Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, uh, 
I don't think anybody gives a fuck what Ezra Miller is feeling at all. Um, <laughs> um, despite <laughs> a, a fairly decent, I, I will. That that's an that's an, another thing I meant to bring up at the beginning. This movie feels like it feels like Ezra Miller played two versions of this character and then walked away going like, "Oh, I'm the shitty version of this character. I just stayed <laughs> in is. character for this." Because, like, the other yes. Barry is pretty shitty. <laughs> like, it's, like, unbearably just, like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid, man? No, absolutely. And then, like, I, I did love, like, the moment. And this is Muschietti just playing to film fans. The whole thing of, like, taking real casting what-ifs and making them reality and not reality. Oh, Eric yeah. Stoltz, <laughs> Kevin Bacon and Top Gun. Um, Michael J. Fox and Footloose, like all these things were things that actually were 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 things. Um, were were actually things that could that that were casting what ifs because they were on they 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 came in each. I mean, Eric yeah. Stoltz's cakes. I mean, he filmed for I, weeks on I mean, on they end. filmed half the movie. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, Absolutely. if you buy that one of those Blu-ray or DVD special edition versions has. Like footage of Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly. Yeah, it, it, it does. Like I think that the the most recent uh, the most recent version of the Blu-ray and DVD both had um, had like select scenes where they compared it, like between like what what was what Eric Stoltz did and what Michael Fox did, and yeah. So uh, if you guys are curious, you can kind of take a look at that. But uh, yeah, no, it, it it's a uh, it's a complicated, this movie ultimately is very complicated in like, I mean, obviously it's going to be a hit at least opening weekend. And they took in $10 million for, um, for previews on Thursday night. And they're expecting it to make anywhere between 70 to 80 million. And that's because they have two other movies that it's competing against along with yeah. into the spider verse, because they have another Pixar uh, elemental is out, uh, which, you know, we know how Pixar do. Uh, actually, we don't because recently they it's been one of those yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear notwithstanding, they haven't had a, a movie hit theaters in a very long time. And very long time. Yeah, their recent track record's not been great. But no. um, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna do gangbusters. But it certainly will eat into some of the Flash's box office. Ultimately. Mm -hmm. My opinion, time will tell. I don't think this is going to have the the uh, the stamina to be no. the hit that they like. I I think to keep Ezra Miller in this role, it would have to make a lot of fucking money, like yeah. six seven hundred million dollars worldwide, and I don't think it's going to do that. Nope, it's not. I mean, and I think that. I think that James Gunn is done with this, this because it's so, it's so, it's so just, it's just a mess. Like everything in the DCEU that Snyder did and Hamada did is a mess. Like, and it's easier to start over cleanly. And he didn't want to say it to ruin. Like, like he, he understood after this whole Shazam bullshit that he had to kind of like keep his mouth shut about these things because it, it, it could very well ruin the box office. Right. Yep. Um, it doesn't help that Shazam was just an okay movie. 
Uh, like I just recently watched it. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, if it was released when it was supposed to, it would have been a hit. It would have been a minor hit, but it would have been a hit. Um, yeah. uh, but like at the end of the day, this is like, like this feels like a justified conclusion. Um, though there's that hanging, there's the hanging fruit of, of Aquaman lost the lost city. Or I think that's what it's called. I can't even remember what it's called. But we still have that, and we haven't seen anything from that. And nope. they were trying to. And the bigger part is, is that it's supposed to come out this Christmas, right? Um, I think that the bigger part is they're trying to get as much distance between the Johnny Depp Amber Heard of it all, mm-hmm. um, so that people have enough and, new cycles that they forget about it. And, they can't. Every yeah. time it starts to fall away. Something pops back up, man. Yep. Well, <laughs> Literally I mean, well, this week, Johnny Depp announced that he was donating the million dollars he got from her to uh, uh, a charity. Like, yeah. uh, it <laughs> it cannot fall out of the news. Like, every time it's not part of the news cycle for two weeks, something pops back up. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you know, like... I know that people have like Johnny Depp as a fan, like their Johnny Depp fandom is there, but talk about a petty bitch. Like he's a petty bitch. Like, yeah. like, of course, like you have to fucking donate that. You know why? Because you have $500 million. You fucking own a fucking winery. Fucking uh, Dior gives you fucking $50 million a year for their fucking perfume because outside of fucking the US, you're a fucking god. Um, yeah. Disney's going to be Disney's already already in negotiations to pull up a dump like a Scrooge McDuck dump truck to your fucking backyard so that you can get back into the fucking pirates business. So of course you're going to give that because also the other thing is is that this fucking makes like it's the it's the added insult to injury to a woman who yes she was shitty to him but you know what they were both shitty to them to him and yeah. she's so much so in a position that she's so fucked that she has to go to another country to let her daughter be raised or her son be raised in an environment that possibly doesn't know who she is. Yeah. Possibly. The whole thing is just like tragic as fuck. (laughs) It really is. just a bitter, shitty divorce that where it's like, oh, turn like we said it multiple times. Oh, it turns out both these people are shitty. Like shitty. it's not a you know matter of like oh Depp is just you know this wounded butterfly and like no nah, man he, he's just he's not much better. Like no he didn't you know do those things like to her like I guess she did. He didn't you know take a dump in her bed or whatever. But like it's still just like. He still wasn't good. Like it, it's yeah, it's insane. And why the fuck did he like? I don't know, man. You got all this money and all this fame, and like hanging on to like that blows my mind. Like people who don't have anything else in their life, I understand it. It's like, well, this might be all I ever get. You're motherfucking Johnny Depp. You're Amber Heard. Why the fuck are you sticking around for this, man? <laughs> And it just has to be ego. It literally just has to be ego. Like, I can't think of anything else. And that's the saddest part about this. Like, you know, ultimately, like, you know, millions of dollars was spent 
to, to us for us to realize, oh, you guys are both assholes. Okay, well, you know. I mean, uh, Ezra Miller, same situation. Like, yeah. I, I know Ezra Miller does not have the money that Johnny Depp has, but like, dude, you're up and coming. You've got all this fame. You've got all this fortune, and like, no fucking sense of like what you're doing in the world. Like, nobody. Hey, dude. Like, you need to calm the fuck down and, like, maybe go to rehab or something or, like, get in a program, anything, anything that doesn't involve you endangering other people <laughs> because and also this shit endanger- is going to come back on you. <laughs> exactly. Endangering, and more to the point, endangering fucking children. Yeah. Like, like let me repeat that. Endangering fucking children. Like, this is what I don't get. Why do we give this motherfucker a pass when we always say protect the children? Anyways, I'm not going to go on the rant on that. But I will just say this, is that, like, I'm actually happy that this is this chapter is finally fucking closing. And by next by the end of the year, this will officially be fucking locked and sealed. And we can look to other things that are going to happen in the DC universe. Like, we're already starting to get. And, I mean, you know. Like, like the future is bright. Um, this was a, also this was a, bravo to Ray Fisher for sticking to his guns. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously, that guy. Like, I really feel bad because he's 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 literally missing millions, right? Yeah. Like, he's, like, <laughs> Fuck you! I'm not coming back for your cameo bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like you know, but um, any final thoughts on this? Flash movie that is actually Flashpoint, but it's not. Uh, um, but it is. I mean, I I think we're both on the same page, and like, it's fine and it's fun, but really, it just made me uh, a hopeful for like what Machete can do in the future with Gun, but also mm-hmm. like just kind of sad that we've wasted so much fucking time like not getting versions of these characters that, like, I, I don't it blows my mind man like yeah we got 20 minutes of a supergirl that we have no relationship with like going to bat for for people she doesn't know like saving people and like Batman doing the same thing, you know. Yeah, it's Michael Keaton, but yeah, and and the Flash also doing it. Um, yeah, and I'm just like, what? What the fuck has this been, man? Like, these are supposed to be like the ultimate good guys, and we mm-hmm. haven't seen them in a very long time. I guess Wonder Woman, notwithstanding, that that is the one I guess I could point to and go. That first Wonder Woman movie, it is very much about that. You know? Yes. No, no, absolutely. And it's kind of, it's like that Wonder Woman movie is, it still fucking pops. It's still, it's still like of all of the movies that era, in this era, it's still the best. Like, yeah. uh, like, I, I, man, like Gal Gadot, like, I'm trying to figure out Gal Gadot is like a really big issue for me because she literally is Wonder Woman. Like, other than Linda Carter, and I would even say that you give her time, and she will be what Linda Carter is to a lot of women. Yeah. And, I mean, if she's not already, I mean, and that's the saddest part, is that, like, 
that's who suffers. Like we suffer for the fact that like, you know, whatever corporate decisions they're trying to make right now, um, with regard to Wonder Woman and all of this other bullshit. But, you know, there's always bright spots and storms. Um, we'll see what happens over the next couple of years. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, Gal Gadot is actually still a pretty big star. Like, regardless of if she has Wonder Woman or not. Um, and I'm fairly certain if they ever get around to making Patty Jenkins' Star Wars movie, they can bring Gal Gadot along. And Gal Gadot in a Star Wars universe is kind of like the perfect apex of everything. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> like if there's if there's somebody that's going to be named Ray Skywalker, I kind of want it to be Gal Gadot and not who we have as Gal But anyways, that's neither here nor there. That's actually the writing of J.J. Abrams, which I continue <laughs> to, like, shake my fist at. Um, but yeah, um, interesting, so, complicated shit. Um, yeah. Uh, so... I think the next few weeks are going to be rocky because I start moving. I go get my key next week. Um, Oh shit. Okay. So everything, everything has worked out for you. Yep. Um, so, uh, so if we miss a few weeks, sorry, we'll definitely record something on Indiana Jones and over on pod lasso, we are up to season two, episode, uh, nine, the infamous beard episode, which we're going to, we're, uh, I, t- I just talked to Jess last night, and we're we're mm-hmm. gonna figure out work so the three of us can record all at the same time. Okay. Because um, I know you you're a big fan of that episode. Um, yes. Uh. So, but the next few weeks might be a little, you know, uh, rocky as far as recording, but we'll figure something out. Um. So anyway, uh, go check out everything else we're doing over at xwingfiles.com. Um, like I said, uh, not my. It's gonna be a rough few weeks, but it, it'll all work out. <laughs> so yes, it will. Then, uh, of course, you can read Adam's stuff, which uh, again, uh, what you just posted, something just came out on 4K. Oh, Rain Man. Yeah, Rain Man. I haven't seen Rain Man. Man. Speaking of Tom Cruise, have not seen Rain Man in so long. And uh, I saw I read your review of the the 4K, and I was like, God, I haven't seen that movie in so fucking long. Um, actually, I have a, a... <laughs> uh, my my dad had it recorded on VHS because he recorded everything off of HBO back in the day. Yep. And it, he loaned it out to a friend of my mom's, and uh-huh. the guy recorded over it with like some dumb bullshit. <laughs> What? My oh, dad. Shit. This was, I, I don't know, 30 years ago? My dad still oh. talks about it. Oh, shit. Well, you <laughs> like, know, I could like, buy you a copy of Rain Man for like eight bucks. <laughs> like, stop seriously. talking about it. Oh, uh, wow. That's crazy. Like, like, um, like my dad used to do the same thing. Um, and uh, he was he um, was just as bitter. Right. Anytime so. anytime Rain Man comes up, it makes me think about it. like my dad is still pissed about that thirty years later. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, the movie owl dot uh, what no is it movie owl dot com? Yeah, the movie owl dot com. Yeah, okay. I, I can never too. remember if it's the or, or if it's just movie owl. And Not then good, I, uh, my people to probably next week and then i still have to send you the return of the jedi one 
Yes, so but also that, like, like, well, and also it's like I was expecting it to be a little bit of a like you know until you could get in a little bit more. I was holding off on the other piece just because I just wanted to give you some time so that we could post them in yeah. succession without without delay. I figured it's easier to like <laughs> give you some time to build up some stuff, especially with everything that's happening. So, you know, it's on a little it's on a little break. It's still there yeah. and it's still gonna post and um you know uh it still gets that that nice front prime Friday slot um so that it can carry through the weekend. That doesn't go away because it's one of our flagships. I love it. Uh so I'm looking forward to everything, uh, of course, once we once you get settled in. Um, and then also the other thing is that I've got I've got the like we talked about it three months ago, and now it's coming back full circle. I got jury duty. I've got to call in for jury duty, so that's gonna be fun. <laughs> uh, oh shit! So we shall see, guys. We 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 may be on a little bit of an ex- like like uh, Logan said, we may be on a little bit of an extended vacation. Uh, from the podcast, but we will be back and we will try to post as we as we move forward. Um, and, yeah. and again, movieout.com to read our written our written stuff. So, uh, so right. we will uh, we'll see you guys soon. See you guys soon. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But they're really all sold out. Get all together, do with me now.